to the Body and Soul, the Torah Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm Rabbi Alexander Seinfeld. Oh, it's the merry month of Adar. Purim is just days away. Well, a week and a half away. Time for some humor. I mean, this podcast is so dry. We ought to add a little humor to it, right? Enough of the bad dad jokes. Let's get some real humor. Let me ask you. Would it be okay to tell some banana jokes on this podcast? After all, bananas are, are a great source of humor, classic humor, right? The reason I ask is because I'm not sure they're so appealing. Oh, that got you right in the gut, didn't it? All right, no, seriously. Purim's coming. It's time to break out those costumes, go to the basement, get out that box of costumes. Still got the cucumber costume? Come on, you can put it on. It's not really a big deal. All right, with that one, I'm really in a pickle. Let's talk about Purim. I have a thought for you about Purim today. People are preparing, I hope. They're mishloach manos gifts. They're gifts of food to give to loved ones, friends, and family. We have this commandment on Purim to give each other lots of food. This sounds like a setup for incredible taiva, desire, self-control challenges. In this commandment of giving each other gifts of food, what's the definition of food? Authorities seem to all agree that to count as food for a Purim gift, it needs to be fit for the Suda, for the festive meal. Examples, meat or other foodstuffs, quote-unquote. If it's not servable at your Suda, at your festive meal, it's probably not an appropriate Mishloch Manos food gift. It seems as though one could send small food packages to dozens of friends and yet not have fulfilled the mitzvah. In the Aruch HaShulchan, a 19th century authority, the key indicator is, quote, fitting to honor someone that it should be a nice thing, unquote. Now, let's say the friend were an alcoholic. It's obviously not honoring him to send a bottle of wine. Similarly, if your friend's a diabetic, you surely won't send anything loaded with sugar. Therefore, when the Aruch HaShulchan says, fitting to honor, and when the Mishabrura similarly says, fit for immediate consumption, i.e. not needing preparation, is it conceivable that they would consider a harmful food fit for consumption, let alone fit to honor? Therefore, someone such as you and I, conscious of the mitzvah of health and fitness and aware of the long-term health risks of a high-sugar diet, would presumably avoid sugary and high trans-fat mishloch manos gifts that please the palate, but provide little actual nutrition and probably don't belong on the dinner table. Sending junk food might even be compared to sending something potentially harmful. Listen to these examples that the Talmud gives. Three examples of Mishloch Manos. Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya sent to Rabbi Oshaya the leg of a third-born calf and a barrel of wine. Rabbah sent to Mari Barmar Abaya a sack of dates and a cup full of roasted ears of corn. The other sent him back a sack of ginger and a cup full of long-stalked pepper. It's likely that the rabbis did not envision low-nutrition food, i.e. junk food, when they instituted sending gifts of food. The mitzvah 
of quote unquote portions of meat or foodstuffs means dinner food, not junk. By the way, it's quite easy to make Mishloch Manos gifts both tasty and healthy. For example, instead of white bread, send whole grain bread. Instead of sending cake made from a mix, send sugar-free muffins. Instead of white flour cookies, send whole grain cookies. Instead of milk chocolate, send dark chocolate. Instead of sending potato chips, send sweet potato chips. Instead of sweetening a, a dessert or a dish with sugar, sweeten it with dates, at least. Instead of fried potatoes, send baked potatoes. Instead of candy, send nuts. Instead of packaged popcorn, home pop pop. Instead of fruit juice, which you know from this podcast is really harmful, send fruit. Instead of beer, send wine. Instead of soda, send almost any alternative. I even saw this interesting tip. You could take regular brownies, put a little bit less sugar, use whole wheat, and you can even add something healthy like black beans. Hiding something like food inside of food fulfills the perm spirit. Something hidden? And the bean flavor blends in. They won't notice it, but you made very healthy brownies. Now, if there are young people in your life, children, grandchildren, nephews, nieces, students, then Purim is also an opportunity to discuss healthy food with them. Teach them the ethic of health-promoting versus health-harming food. Encourage them to show their caring by giving foods that are both tasty and healthy to their friends. Perhaps this perspective on Purim can add a dimension to the idea that Purim's holiness compares to that of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is called at one point in the Torah, Yom HaKippurim, the day that's like Purim. In other words, while Yom Kippur's holiness is achieved through total abstention from food and other things, Purim's holiness is achieved through enjoyment of food and drink while avoiding achilagasa, gluttonous eating. Well, here's wishing you a happy Purim prep, whatever you decide to send. And if you know anybody who might enjoy this podcast, would you please forward this to them or suggest they go to TorahHealth.org and sign up for the mailing list. And until next time, be gesund. Mm-hmm.